Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Highly Functional. This is Brianne Showman, and I am joined today by Earl Kapulai. Earl and I had a fascinating conversation on how to create the life for yourself that you want by using visualization, gratitude, goal setting, and how we can access our theta state and make these things happen. I know I got a ton of great information from this podcast, and I think you will too. So let's tune in. Earl, thank you for joining me today. How are you? Good. I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing great. It's a beautiful morning. No complaints. <laughs> so I'm excited to talk to you. We're going to dive into some things that we have never uh, um, really talked about on this podcast. And it's something that you um, spend a lot of time working with people on. So I'm excited to dive into all of that. But first and foremost, who are you? Uh, yeah, my name is Earl Kapule, and I am a mindset coach. I have been in the solar sales industry for the last eight years, but in the last three years, I've been more of a mindset coach to people. Awesome. 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 Um, when one thing I, I, that's really fascinates me with how you go about some of this and how you go about helping people meet their goals is the like getting into the theta state um, of brainwaves. And I think before we dive into that, for people who aren't familiar with that term, um, I would love for you to just kind of explain what that actually is. Yeah. So the theta brainwave state is a state that we go through um, a couple of times throughout our day. Um, but essentially, it's a state of hypnosis. So a lot of hypnotists use this, they put people into a theta brainwave state so that their brains, their minds are more malleable. So you can suggest things to them and they're more likely to believe it because it's going directly into the subconscious. And so essentially I, I picture it as when you're in theta brainwave state, you have a doorway between the subconscious and the conscious and that doorway is wide open. So if you wanna bring in new beliefs and new habits and new perspectives about things, it's gonna be when you're in theta state because that door is wide open and you can bring it right into the subconscious. Otherwise, that door is closed most of the day. So when you try to put something new in there, all these doubts, all these fears and all these things happen and makes you feel like you can't change. So a lot of people, they're like, oh, I can't change. That's just how I am. Um, they're not in theta state. <laughs> in theta state, you know, you, you start to daydream and you start to have visions and, and, you know, there's no limits when you're daydreaming. And so that's what theta state is from the ages of zero to seven we are in theta state. And so children are naturally in theta state, running around, playing, uh, pretending and doing all those things. They're in theta state nonstop. And that's why we say children are like sponges because everything in those seven years, they're putting right into their subconscious. And as they grow up, they wonder why they have all these habits and these things are like, well, these things are messing me up. Why am I like this? You know, it's, it's during those seven years. And so as adults, we need to learn how to take advantage of that. Okay. Very cool. And I like how you, how you kind of termed it theta state versus like hypnosis, just because I think there's can be a very negative connotation around hypnosis or, you know, there's all these, like, just, you know, it's the stuff that you do at the shows and all of that. And we don't really truly understand like the, the process behind that. So I love that you term it theta state versus hypnosis since that truly is what it is. Yeah. So when you're helping, like, how do we go about, let's just jump into it. How do we go about getting into that theta state so we can actually get things into our subconscious? For sure. So there's a few different ways. Um, the first way that I share with everyone I 
coach is that like the first 10 minutes when you wake up and the last 10 minutes before you fall asleep, you're naturally in theta. So as you're waking up, you're in theta, but not for long. So, you know, you feel a little groggy. You feel like you're like half awake, half asleep. That's theta state. Um, so take advantage of the first and last 10 minutes of your day. You're always going to be in theta. And so as I'm waking up, I'm already doing my affirmations. And as I'm falling asleep, doing my affirmations. Um, and then the second time that you're naturally in theta state is when you're doing things that you habitually do. So it could be cleaning. It could be taking a shower. It could be my favorite is you're driving on the freeway or if you're just driving somewhere, you always take the same exact route and you go for half a mile or a mile and you forgot that you you have you gone that far. You're like, oh man, I'm almost home already. You were in theta state. Um, so that's why I tell people put on some positive messages or you know things that you're trying to believe about certain things or yourself, put it on and just drive. And it's going to go right in there. You don't have to memorize the whole podcast and take notes. You can just put it right into your subconscious. Um, that's the second time. So there's this natural times throughout your day. Um, and then the third one, it's not as common. Um, it's a little bit more difficult to do, but we can practice specific meditations, um, that help us get into that state. So Dr. Joe Dispenza has uh, meditations like that. Um, but you could just YouTube theta state, um, meditations, but those are the three main ways I suggest people to get into theta. Okay. Um, when we're talking as far as in the morning, are we talking like before you even get out of bed? Cause once you're kind of out of bed, drinking water, going to the bathroom, doing that sort of thing, you're, you kind of get yourself out of it. Yeah. Yeah. We're talking like you're in bed, your eyes are barely opening, right? Start then. So I, I got a cool tip from someone I spoke with recently. They said, when you hit snooze on your phone, uh, it gives you like eight or nine minutes before it goes again. And so he'll hit the snooze and then do his affirmations or whatever he's going to do until that goes off. And so that's okay. about, about the right time. So if you want to do it that way, you can do that as well. Yeah. Okay. I like that idea. <laughs> I'm not a snooze person though. So I may have set my alarm like <laughs> earlier than normal. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Um, okay. And then kind of the same thing, like when you go to sleep, like once you shut your light off, kind of just yeah, as yeah. you're drifting off. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and sometimes I'll play stuff. If, if I don't feel like I'm, I can do it energetically at the end of the day, I'll just put something in my ear, my earbud, and then I'll just play it and fall asleep. Okay. Yeah. Have you ever, um, I'm curious because this was suggested to me one time and I did it for a while and then got out of it um, for no other reason I started listening to something different, but um, have you ever re like recorded your own affirmations and then listened to those? I remember I recorded my affirmations once, but I never used them, <laughs> but I would like to try it. I, I feel like it, that would be a good thing because when you're awake and you're doing your affirmations, it's, it works and it's powerful. So I can only imagine when you're sleeping, as you fall asleep and as you are waking up, it can be beneficial for sure. Now, if you are listening to something, um, whether it's just something positive or trying to get yourself in or, you know, for that state. Um, do you suggest like finding things that actually have like that theta state wave <clears throat> music or, cause I know they make different like alpha wave music and theta and things like that, or is that not really necessary? I mean, I haven't tried it myself, but I have heard good things about binaural beats mm -hmm. binaural beats and all these different sounds and frequencies because, because the frequencies 
um, affect our energy, affect our body, our molecules and all that. So a lot of people are using sound more for recovery. So like for athletes, you can use it for recovery. You play specific sounds. It'll help your body, your muscles relax and feel better. So I think it can be good. I haven't tried it for theta state, but I believe there are specific sounds that makes it easier. So for me, I sometimes listen to like water drums. So there's a, a, a song on YouTube that's water drums, and that helps me a lot to get into a meditative state. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's a lot of different types of sounds you can use. Mm-hmm. I'm just wondering, I, cause I've used, um, or it's curious cause I've used binaural beats for a number of things and it like for, um, there's an app I use that's really cool, but, um, I use it for sleep as well, but, um, I find if I use it, they actually have like a deep work focus one. And I, when I use that, I like, I can crank out content, like no other <laughs> when I'm listening to that. Whereas other times I'm like, Filling my thumbs for an hour as I'm trying to think of ideas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for sure. So I, I went to a school in Northern California in 2011. For four months, I lived on campus. And one of the things they were teaching was music and depression and anxiety. So we had uh, people that had depression and anxiety come and we would play specific music to them and they would feel better um, when they hear some songs and then other songs didn't really do anything for them. So yeah, I mean, it could be super powerful. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, okay, so I know like we've talked to you and I off off recording have talked about visualization and how helpful that can be. Um, is that something that we could kind of we is ideal to kind of pair with a theta state, or is that something that we can do regardless of when it is that our brain just kind of like processes that visualization as like actually happening yeah um so i so i believe that visualization you can do any time of the day and yes the mind doesn't know the difference between what you're imagining and what's actually happening and so that's the power in it um one of the first stories i heard about it was about the four minute mile guy uh roger banister right um when he was asked you know how did you do this how did you break the record. Um, it was almost impossible. People said you were, you could get hurt and almost die and you did it. And he said, well, every day on the track, as I'm running, I was visualizing myself crossing the finish line and the clock saying 359. And he said, that's all I did. I, I trained and I visualized that every time I trained. Um, so it's like he did it in his mind before he was able to do it in real life. And a lot of people have used this over time. They just see it so much in their head every day. Uh, repetition is key. So Theta is one way to learn, um, but in the meantime, repetition is the main way to learn. So it's a lot of people are just using repetition over and over again, but theta is gonna just give you a boost. Um, and so visualizing something over and over again, eventually the mind's like, okay, this is your reality now. And so now it has n- no choice, but to show you all the opportunities that kind of line up f- with that vision and allows you to make that vision a reality. So in our brains, we have, something called a RAS or the reticulator, reticulating activating system. And basically when you visualize things, you're telling the mind, find everything I need to create this reality because this is my reality and I need it to be, it, I believe it's here already. And so now you're going out there and you see the red car everywhere or you see your dream car showing up, you know? And so little by little, you're starting to manifest these things because you've already um, lived it. it. It already exists. And so now it's just time to manifest it. Okay, that makes sense. How does 
how does gratitude and like doing gratitude and, you know, a couple times a day or once a day or um, that sort of thing, like, how does that play into all this? Because I've, I've heard and I've experienced it myself, but that there's a lot of like you just by doing daily gratitude, gratitude, like you can get some good results. So how does that like help change things in our lives? Yeah. Um, so I've been studying and practicing gratitude for the last three years. And before that, I, w- I didn't have a daily gratitude practice. But ever since having a daily gratitude practice, it's changed several things for me. So number one, my mood, and my emotional state has been more stable, more consistent. And so there is something called an emotional frequency scale, um, where this shows where all the emotions are, all of the emotions give off different frequencies. And so it made sense because, you know, a lot of times people say, oh, you're not feeling good. Yeah, I'm feeling a little down. There's like a lower frequency. Um, But when we were really happy, we feel high. And so it's a higher frequency. Um, And so gratitude, if you're not feeling very well, you're anxious, you're stressed or whatever for something coming up and you're just stressed out, then you need to start thinking generally about what's grateful, what you're grateful for in your life. And little by little, you start moving up the scale. And eventually, next thing you know, you're at the top of the scale in a state of gratitude, which is essentially a state of abundance. And our hearts, it gives off like a magnetic frequency, but that's based on how we feel. So the happier we feel, the bigger that magnetic energy field. And that's why you notice the people that um, do better in life or it looks like they're doing better, they're happier more consistently right? That's the biggest thing that they're doing differently is that their energy and their mood is better than the other people. Um, And so gratitude can help literally anyone just change their mood and the mood changes everything else. I always say that thoughts create emotions, emotions create actions, and then all those three create your reality. But it starts with the type of thoughts you're having every day. And so it's really about just reprogramming the mind from looking at things they hate to things that they love and, and are happy about every day, which lead to better actions. Just diving into kind of that energy that, that you were talked about in the, those frequencies, um, if I understand it right, like we attract the frequencies like that are similar to where we're at. So it's like, if we have a really low frequency, like our life's going to continue to suck. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I think it was, there's a quote that says, you know, match the frequency of the reality that you want and you cannot help but get it. Um, Everything is energy. Um, And so, yeah, when you think about that life you want, you just think about how how would you be feeling if you already had that life? Then you feel that feeling and just hold it as long as you can. And little by little things are going to start showing up for you to take action. It's not like you don't do anything, but it's just, that's where your eyes are locked now. It's locked on the things that match that frequency. Mm-hmm. And I think, at least from my experience with that, it's like, once that, like, you can do the same actions, but once that energy changes, like the results or those outcomes change, like that's what I've experienced in my life. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Like the, the, one day you did, you did it, the next day you did it, but both days got different results simply because of how you felt when you're doing it. Um, so I always tell people like, when you make, when you take action from alignment, everything aligns for you. But if you're taking action and you're not aligned and you just feel off balance, then you're not going to get the same result. And so, but part of having that alignment is making sure you're aligned with what you're doing and what you're trying to accomplish. A lot of people are out here 
doing things they don't truly love, or they're looking at it from a way of like, oh, I got, I have to do this versus I get to do this. Uh, so, and with athletes, the same, you know, Kobe Bryant worked as hard as he did because he loved it, not because he wanted to win or do all those things. He actually loved playing the game. Um, so I think it's the same thing with anything. You have to love what you do in order to get the maximum result from it. Is that one of the reasons like some people just like, is the alignment factor one of the reasons some people don't really meet their goals? Like they have this goal, but like in their heads, like, it's kind of like, Oh, someone gave them this goal. They didn't really like think of it themselves type thing. And they don't truly accept it. For sure. For sure. So a lot of people are still living based off of old programs and old ways of society. A lot of traditions, you know, going the, the traditional path and they, they don't stop and ask themselves, is this actually what I want to do? Um, they just think, okay, this one makes me a lot of money. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty good at this. I might as well just do it, you know, but deep down there's something else, but in their mind, they're like, oh, but well, how am I going to make money doing that? Or how am I going to make a living doing that? Right. They, it always comes to money and providing and paying bills. Um, and I've gone through this and I've, I've come to this place where it's like, okay, but this makes me happy. Yes. This makes me more money, <laughs> but this makes me happier. <laughs> Um, but I'm finding the things that make you happiest, make you more money than you need. Like whatever it is that makes you truly happy, it's going to make you more than enough money than you, that you need to live the lifestyle you want to live. But I think that's the hard part for a lot of people. They're like, ah, I don't think that's possible. <laughs> it's like people are making money playing video games. You know, <laughs> there's so many different things out there. I'm not, that's not a bad thing, but I'm just saying people are doing literally all types of things making money and they're happy and you're out here at a job you hate, you know? Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so getting into alignment means finding, so finding that thing that you look at it, you like, even if I didn't get paid, I would still do it, mm-hmm. right? Like I would do that for free. Um, and so that's how I feel about coaching. It's like, I, I, I love doing it, um, but you have to, you have to truly love it and not be concerned about how much money you make from it. Mm-hmm. And I think the fun, like, Enjoyment is a huge factor of it, especially I I feel a lot of times with, especially like athletes who are competitive, like it Mm -hmm. gets to a point of like, they stop having fun. And it's just like, I have to train. I have to do this. I have to do this. (laughs) And like, there's all these steps, which is important, but I think they're not always, but there sometimes gets to a point of just like forgetting all of that and just like, have fun with what you're doing. Yeah. Um, I remember I saw a podcast, I think it was just on Joe, Rogan, Joe Rogan's show, and this guy was talking about how he said, do you know why the Russians always win championships or they win so many championships uh, versus the Americans? He was saying, because in Russia, when they train, they're just having fun. They're just rolling around with each other and they just have fun. Whereas the Americans, they push really hard. They go so hard to, to the point where sometimes they get injured <laughs> and that pushes them back a week or two or whatever. But every uh practice they're exhausted at the end they're, they think the goal is to get be exhausted at the end of the practice whereas the russians they're just doing it for fun that's their culture that's their lifestyle and they love it you know um so i think that's the difference it's like are, are you doing it because you love it or now are you doing it to win mm-hmm. <laughs> only you know um but it's funny if you just have fun and the winning comes you know, <laughs> you, know you don't have to try to win you're just like this is fun um but yeah and I think there's a time and place for both, um, like ramping up to, at least for me personally, like ramping up to a big competition or something like that. Like I'm 
training, focus training based on that competition. But then it's like coming off of that, like, I just need a few weeks just to train, like not think about what I'm doing, just go in, like work out, have fun. And, and so I think there's a time and place for like that hard work put in like grind, but at the same time, like you can't forget that fun factor. Yeah. And and I think, so I think there needs to be a balance between masculine and feminine energy in everything we do. And so I think a lot of times it's just off balance one, one way or the other, you know, either it's too much feminine or too much masculine, but depending on what you're doing, there should be the the right balance to where there's time to push, but then there's also time to listen to my body (laughs) as you know. um, But yeah. Ah. On that note, I'm curious now with the masculine feminine energy, do you notice certain, like if someone's dominant masculine versus feminine or vice versa, like do certain types of people have like, I don't want to say more success, but like, does it change the outcome of, of things? Yeah. So, so the way I've seen it, it at least in the solar sales industry, the guys that are that have a lot of masculinity, not very much femininity, have a lot of outside success. So they make a lot of sales, making a lot of money. Um, but I think on their on the relationship side, it's, it's not as successful just because work is everything. Money is everything to them. So when you have the over emasculated side, you can have success, but then um, in some areas and then in some areas you don't. And so that's what, that's where a definition of success comes in. It's like, well, it depends what success is. Mm-hmm. If you want work to be your whole life and you know, it's hard to have any relationships, but you're making a lot of money and you're moving your way up. Great. You're successful, you know? Um, but if your family is falling apart because of it, then I don't know if that's can be defined as successful. Right. Um, but I, and then the, the other side of the spectrum, people that don't, I've noticed a lot of men that I work with don't have that masculinity. So they don't come from sports. They don't come from competitions. Um, they had a lot of trauma and it's harder for them to be direct with customers and to, you know, show them that their time is, you know, important. So they, they don't make in a, lot, a lot of sales because they have those blocks. And so I got to bring them back this way on the scale or the others, I got to bring dial down a little bit. <laughs> um, but they're, they've mastered the masculine side and the others, they're really good at the feminine side. So they have a lot of empathy for customers, but they don't have that side that they need to close the deal. <laughs> so they get people to customers to like them, but not to trust them because they don't feel like that, that person has enough confidence in themselves to get the deal going. Um, so yes, it's, 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 it's a tricky thing for everybody. Are those patterns, you you mentioned the zero to seven is kind of when we're formed. Are those patterns something that's formed at those early ages, or is that something that's a little bit learned more like through high school, college years? I believe a little bit of both, but for sure the first seven. So like for me, I'm, I'm a little bit more on the feminine side and, you know, my father was super abusive towards my family and I spent a lot of time with my sister. Um, and then even through high school, she actually started raising me from high school on. And so, and then I ha- always had a lot of friends that were girls um, that I just talk with. And so for me, that's how I got more on the feminine side, you know? Um, but yeah, definitely the first seven years, the, the, the parents are making that impact and this, not deciding, but the child is deciding which is better, <laughs> which one should I be? You know, and so a lot of times if the father is super abusive, then it's easier to lean towards femininity. Or if the mother is abusive, then it's easier to lean more to masculine. 
Okay. It also be interesting to see like if there's any studies out there as far as like girls who have older siblings that are like just brothers or like in reverse of that to see if there's any patterns that happen there. Yeah, 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 for sure. Like you know, like the only girl would be like a tomboy, you know, and it's a little bit more masculine. So I, I think I'm pretty sure we're gonna find that. <laughs> yeah, I would think so. I would think so. Let's take a quick break now to talk about Naboso technology. I absolutely love training barefoot for the power it gives me. But when I use Naboso, it really ups my game even more. Whether I am using the Naboso mat or using the Naboso insoles inside my shoes, that feedback it provides me onto my feet really enhance my performance. I would love for you to test out Naboso for yourself. Head over to naboso-technology.com to check out all of their amazing products. And if you use code GETYOURFIX at checkout, you can also save 10%. You can also head over to getyourfixpt.com slash partners and check out Naboso and all my other great partners. Now let's get back to the conversation. Um, I do want to talk a little bit about um, goals because I know like a lot of times we're kind of, a lot of people just kind of have these very vague goals of like, I like want to make money or I want to like win this race or, you know, whatever, but we don't really get, but I, I think a lot of times you set these goals that might not be attainable or achievable, but we just kind of like hope they happen. So, um, and I love the pro- the perspective you put on like how to set goals properly. So I would love for you to dive into that. Yeah, for sure. So like you said, I found that a lot of goal setting trainings or the way people do it, it's very generalized and not as effective. And so I tried the regular method, the smart goals, and, you know, you make your goals and, and I could never seem to hit it. And so there, there came a day where I was like, okay, I need to figure this out. Why am I not consistently hitting my goals? And so I found that one of the things that helped me is making the goal very adjustable. You know, it's not concrete. A lot of people, they'll set their goal and they're like, okay, I can't change it. So it's like when the beginning of the year, like, here's my goal for the year. And then they keep it the same. They never go back to it. They never change it. And then they eventually quit by the third month. So for me, um, if I wanted to make something like hundred sales in a year, I would break it down to how much I need per month and then how much I need to make per week. Um, all the way down to the point of how many conversations do I need to have per day? So I break it down to daily actions. That way I'm not focusing on this huge, big goal. I'm just looking at what do I need to do on a daily basis that will allow me to hit my weekly goal and then my weekly goal that will allow me to hit my monthly goal. So that way I don't need to think about the whole year. I just need to think about my days and my weeks. And so then I tell people, if you can make sure you set your goal so in a way where when you set it, you write it down, when you look at it in your heart, you feel that's a good goal to set. Not, oh, this is kind of it's a little bit high, you know, not you shouldn't be feeling like that. I mean, you can try that, but I feel like most times people don't, don't get it and you just you didn't waste time, but you end up in this place of like, man, I suck. Uh, so so <laughs> I make it low. So like a brand new rep that comes to me say, hey, I want to sell solar. Cool. Month one. We're going to sell one. And they're going to say, well, this other guy does like 10 or like five. Let's do three. Like, no, let's do one. (laughs) If you hit one in your first week, great. 
you hit your goal, but then we don't want to set it higher and then you miss and you don't feel good. A lot of people end up quitting on their goals because they missed it one time or two times. They're like, oh, this is not for me. <laughs> like, no, you're not good at setting goals and you haven't even tried it long enough. Um, so, so I tell them, look, if you can hit your weekly goal, let's just focus on the weekly goal. If you hit weekly goal two, uh, three or four times in a row, then we can bump the goal up. But if not, if you miss that weekly goal two weeks in a row, then either we need to adjust the plan. If you feel uh, confident in that adjustment of the plan and you can hit on the third week, great, keep doing it. If not, let's just bring it down. If you can't find an adjustment in the plan, bring the goal down a little bit, hit it. Because what's gonna happen is you hit it, you're gonna feel confident. Now you're gonna be like, okay, now I can hit that next level. But if you're constantly missing your goal, you're not going to feel like you can get to that next level. You keep getting, you keep trapping yourself and getting stuck and feeling bad about not hitting it. I think you, I want to point out something you said there that I think a lot of people, um, besides just the, the goal setting factor, a lot of people make the mistake of, as far as um, you mentioned, like adjusting the plan. Like, I feel like so many times we aren't having the success we want in whatever it is. And it's like, all right, so we're just going to do this again. And then we still don't have a success. We're just like, all right, let's do this plan again. And like, I feel like there's this disconnect sometimes like, well, why don't we try something different to see if this different action is going to get us to that goal? Right. Yeah. I, I see that happen a lot with reps. And I'm like, you can only hit, knock on so many doors in a day. You know, you can only do, do so many things. So it's not like do more of the same. It's find a more efficient and effective way, you know? Um, and what I found was a lot of times it was changing the plan in a way that makes them feel happy. Um, and, and when they think about doing the action, they feel good and not, I have to, right? And so sometimes it's just a perspective shift and not so much changing the actions. Um, so I'll just help them change that perspective. And they're like, oh, okay, cool. I got it. That Now I feel better about it. I'm like, great. I think that's huge. Like even if, whether it's perspective or changing the action, like, because I, I talked to a lot of people who are like, yeah, I didn't, you know, the therapy, I just, I never did the exercises. So I'm like, in my head, I'm like, if something was working, they would have kept doing something. So I usually find out, tell them like, I'm like, you probably would have kept doing it if you felt they were working. Like, yeah. So, yeah. and so yeah. I think there is something to that as far as like, you have to, be in agreement with whatever that plan is and be like happy doing it. But it also needs, like, you have to see results for you to actually can, at least in my opinion, like to continue doing something like you have to see results. Otherwise you're just going to stop doing it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, same with the morning routines. Uh, a lot of times they don't have consistency with it. Immediately. I tell them it's because you don't like it. You don't like what you're doing, how you're doing it. And you and maybe you don't see the purpose of it, like what you can get out of it and how it's going to help you. So let's go, let's review that. <laughs> um, and it's like a lot of people say, oh, I don't really like exercise. I don't, I don't I'm not really a gym person. <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, what kind of exercise do you like, right? It's not like that you hate exercise. You hate the type of exercises you've tried so far. <laughs> yeah. So it's, maybe it's dancing, maybe it's hiking. I don't know. Um, but yeah, people have a very limited um, belief system around themselves and what they can actually accomplish. Yeah, absolutely. Um, something I hadn't touched on that you just mentioned again was the morning routines. Um, what 
I mean, I've had my morning routine. I've changed it a couple of times just because as life changes and things change, like you need to adapt. Um, but I've definitely noticed the benefits of it. Um, what is the reason, I guess, first off, what are there any things that like absolutely should be included in a morning routine or is it up to the person, but also why are morning routines so effective? Yeah. So I call it the power hour. You know, the first hour of your day is going to be the power hour. And essentially I tell people you're, you're filling up your cup. I don't care how you feel when you wake up. You could feel happy. You could not feel happy. You should still do it. (laughs) Even if you feel happy. A lot of times people feel happy and they're like, I don't need to do it. I feel good already. It's not about feeling good. It's about (laughs) making sure your cup is full at the beginning of the day, before you leave your house, before you get ready to do whatever it is you're going to do, because there may be some things that are unexpected that day, but it's not going to affect you if you did your morning routine. And so the way I see it is filling your cup up and then going out there into the world to pour your cup out because you know how to refill it and other people don't. And so you're going out there to pour and give of yourself so that in, in, in return, you get a, a return from that. So you're making investments in others. But essentially, there's, there are four things that I, I always do every morning. And my wife came up with an acronym for it. And it's give. So you give to yourself before you can give to others. And it's gratitude. So five, at least five minutes of gratitude. That is going to raise your vibration. And then introspection is just a time of meditation where I'm just sifting through thoughts that are coming up, um, just feeling how I feel um, and getting into a neutral state. And then visualization. So visualization now, because I'm at a higher vibration, now it's easier to visualize everything on that vibration, that reality, and just visualize the things I'm trying to manifest. Um, Because there's two things you need to manifest exactly what you're trying to manifest. So like Roger Bannister, he had a clear vision of what the clock was going to say when he crossed the finish line. So it's a clear intention and he had an elevated emotion. So those two things, a clear intention and an elevated emotion paired together will allow you to manifest whatever it is you're visualizing. But a lot of times people will visualize things and they they either have a hard time visualizing it or they have a hard time believing it's true but they rarely have both. But when you have both, it's much easier to just allow it to arrive and show up into into your life. So after that, you've done all the emotional and mental work. Um, The last thing is exercise. So it's mind, body, spirit uh, routine, but the end with exercise and then I start my day. And I can get that done in 20 minutes, sometimes an hour, but it just depends. I love that. And the acronym makes it super easy to remember. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to have a, um, my wife is creating a give journal. So that'll, that'll uh, help people just go through those four things every morning. Very cool. Yeah. I love that. Well, Earl, this has been a great conversation. Um, is there anything we haven't talked about that you feel would be really important to bring up? Mm. Um, <clears throat> one thing I can think of is in life, a lot of people, we have a hard time being patient when it, and it comes to getting what we want, the results we want. And so something I talk to people about is called the pace of peace. And so the pace of peace is the fastest pace anyone can go, but it, it depends on the person. And so I always tell people when you're in a place of peace, you know that you're going the pace of peace. 
And that will allow you to get all the results you want to be effective, efficient. But if you're not at peace, anything you do is going to be ineffective. And so it's just remembering, it's like, okay, I need to get to a place of peace before I do anything I do in my day, because that's going to get me the best results from a sound mind and just being in that state. Um, so yeah, I would just recommend anybody, you know, feeling impatient right now, just remember that because that is going to get you the best results. It's like the turtle in the hair. Uh, the turtle, you know, he was cruising along, having fun while the hair was constantly hustling and grinding and, and doing anything he could to win. Um, yet the turtle was the one that won, not just because he finished the line first, but because he was having fun all the way through, you know, just loving the process. And so if you can be the turtle, um, you're going to have a lot more fun in life. So like, don't worry about those people. It looks like they got tons of results, you know? You really don't know if they're happy or not. Yes, they maybe have the results. It doesn't mean that they're happier than you because they have more results than you. Uh, you could be where you're at and be happier than anyone else. Um, so, yeah. I love that. Pace of peace. <laughs> well, Earl, thank you so much for your time today. Greatly appreciate it. If someone has any questions for you, where can they find you? Yeah. So on Facebook, it's my name, Earl Capule. Instagram, it's same thing or the tag is mr underscore kapule and then i also have uh, the gratitude mindset so on it on instagram and facebook we have the gratitude mindset there's even a facebook group for the gratitude mindset awesome well thank you so much this has been really informative for a lot of people and selfishly i absolutely got a lot of that <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much I really hope you enjoyed today's episode of highly functional and had some great takeaways from it now, if you are dealing with your own foot and ankle issues and would love to get back to running and racing again, I highly encourage you to check out runwithhappyfeet.com to find out what it looks like to work with me. Or if you want to do things even faster and take a deep dive into your specific situation, then book a free call with me at runwithhappyfeet.com book call. And finally, if you know someone who would benefit from the information provided today, I would love for you to share this podcast with that person. Now go out and have an awesome day.